Welcome to Cinema Breakdown, a Ace Study Replay podcast. We have played the third case of Spirit of Justice this week. I feel like I went through your notes, Diego, and it was a real mix. Yeah. Yeah, the first one is literally just can't sleep. Well, that's pretty normal. I always log into the notes and it's like Diego being like, I'm playing this at 4am. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it kind of picked up in the last, like the last hour of the case. But I think one of my biggest notes is like, this should have been like two hours shorter and it would have hit like a lot harder. I definitely agree that it should have been two hours shorter. But I'm really curious about it picking up for you because I kind of was checked out by the end. <laughs> I didn't really get that, so. <laughs> I think, I don't know, without saying much, because otherwise the episode would end in five minutes. Fuck it, let's do it backwards. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, it, it was a long time since, like, I sense actual mystery in a case. Mm. Like, for one, I didn't know who was the one who, like, the the murderers, because there's two of them. Yeah. I had no idea until, like, the very end. And even then, around, like, the end of the case, they are like, oh, but there's, like, you folks were, like, basically seeing the case, like, from the wrong perspective. Yeah. And it was like, okay, this is interesting. So on one end, and on the other end, of like, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but it's like, with all due respect, it's fun to see. Well, maybe not fun, but it's it's interesting to see. How do I say this? I, I'm going to say something and then I'm going to be like, but to like justify. Yeah. On one end, it's interesting to see like, oh, like this place that has like all of these like beliefs and such. In this case being like, oh, yeah, there, there haven't been like lawyers for like, I think it's like 20 years or like more than 20 years or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's basically like Phoenix showing up and being like, hey... Basically, like, all of the stuff that you folks have been doing has been, like, wrong or, like, led to, like, the, the wrong results at almost every time. Stuff like that. And then that's also connected to, like, the quote-unquote, like, state and, like, the ministry and whatnot with some, like, revelations towards the end. And that's interesting to see. But it's also, like, the way that things are presented with, like, in one end, like, the mysticism that, that we talk about in, like, past episodes. Mm-hmm. But also, like, the whole framing of the thing. It's kind of like, I don't know. And it's also like, this is just like, at at the end of the day, this is just like lawyers that we're talking about. (laughs) They're just making it like a whole thing, which is interesting on its own, like the rebels and whatnot. But it's just like, oh yeah, the leader of rebels is a lawyer. Like, it's it's like an ex-lawyer. It's like, okay, yeah. I I understand why they had to, like, do that, because that's the whole game. But when you, like, step out of, like, the drama of how it's, things are presented in the case it's kind of like yeah i don't think i'm like that invested after i don't know i mean that weird spot right now with the spirit of justice <laughs> yeah i thought it was so funny in this this case where we get a lot more to do with the revolution and stuff how it is so focused on lawyers and that kind of thing and like you say of course i know why and of course i they kind of had to but when they're like oh yeah we really need to like rehaul the entire legal system of this country but like Everyone's still like, yeah, well, Rafe is still going to be a princess. Like, we're still going to have an unelected monarchy. Like, we're (laughs) not going to do anything about that. (laughs) Even though they've been, like, so heavily implicated in, like, some of the bad stuff that's been happening. Or, like, the corruption of the legal system in particular. And it's like, okay, like, I think this revolution needs a bit of a broader view, maybe. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's also, like, the, again, this, like, the setting itself doesn't hold, like, much ground. Uh, because of like what, what we've been discussing, but there's also like the 
fair perspective of like, oh yeah, this guy, like this foreigner guy, just like show up and basically like throw everything around, <laughs> yeah, which definitely. I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, there's a lot going on in this one <laughs> politically. Yeah, but we can dig into that with the case itself. So it starts with Felix being like, hey, yeah, um, I've kind of been enjoying myself here in Korean for two weeks since the last case. Who cares what's going on with my daughter? Like, I'm still here. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and finally meeting up with Maya, which is kind of why he's here in the first place, which is super fun. For two minutes. For two minutes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so before we get to that, I have to talk about my pet peeve about how people talk about Spirit of Justice, which is that they say like, oh, Maya hasn't had any character development and stuff like that because she's still kind of childish, even though she's supposed to be 28. And it's hmm. like... Shut the fuck up. Like, 28-year-olds can still, like, have a, like, sense of humor and, like, have fun. Like, it's so annoying to me. And I always reads to me like a teenager being like, oh my god, you're 28 and you're still acting like this. Or, like, uh, you know, in fandom circles, it's, it's often like, oh, you're 28 and you're still, like, in fandom. You're still, like, writing fanfic or whatever. And it's like... That's so stupid. People don't die when they turn 25, I promise. <laughs> you can still do fun stuff. <laughs> so yeah, I really like Maya's characterization in this case. Like, I think there's a really good balance of her being like Phoenix says, like, oh, she's she's matured and stuff like that. And I do get that, but I also think like a lot of that was already there in her character. Whereas she can still like be funny and still like be very lighthearted, which one I really like because it shows that you don't have to fucking just become like a grey like suit of a person when you turn 28. But also, like, you know, this is the thing that we're about to get to, but she's on trial for this whole time and, like, gonna be executed, but she's still, like, being, I don't know, kind of fun. Like, I think I really love Maya. I'm very glad that she's back. On the other hand, uh, Maya got arrested again. Yeah. It wasn't even, like, funny to me of, like, oh, kind of like a sitcom thing. Of like, oh, there we go again, like, laugh track in the background. <laughs> uh, it really frustrated me, like, oh, it's just this again. It was fun, like, quote-unquote, like, having her around, or rather, like, seeing her every now and then in the fucking detention center. <laughs> it's fun having her there in court as, like, your assistant again, for sure. But yeah, I was like, okay. Like, especially after last week when we talked about Trucy, like, being mired specifically was the <laughs> verb that we used. Um, I had genuinely, like, if I'd have thought about it, I would have thought, oh yeah, that's about to happen again. But I just, for some reason, didn't think about it. So... Yeah, it's just like, do anything else with your female characters, please. <laughs> and then because Maya is indisposed, we, we get a different weird little girl. We get Rafa coming along. Yeah. I think Rafa was my favorite part of this case. Yeah, I kind of feel like... Oh, I can't remember his name. Hold on. Fuck. Fucking Sebastian the best. <laughs> Yeah, it is kind of like that. I never really thought about that, but it's true. Yeah, so Rafer is, I, we probably must have mentioned it in the first case, but she's the princess of the kingdom and she does the, uh, whatever the thing is called, where you watch the victim's last moments. <laughs> and that's like her whole job. She does that for every single case, like murder case in the whole kingdom, I guess, which is kind of fucked up if you ask me, because she's like 15 and like watching these people die. And yeah, and it's like very like sort of spoiled and argumentative. But through this case, it's kind of like 
realizing that maybe the legal system is garbage. <laughs> so I really liked I really liked her development through this case, and she's kind of just a fun character to have around because she really like I, I just feel like the writing on her is really good. Like they really balance like this is someone who's kind of supposed to be annoying, but like is annoying, you know, in universe is annoying, but out of universe, like this is fun. Like, I don't know. I don't really know how to describe it. <laughs> but yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I get that. I thought her writing was really fun. And it's really interesting at the beginning because, like, you're hanging out with Ray for this whole time and you're, like, getting everything from her perspective. But then, like, obviously, if you take a step back and think about it, you're like, oh, well, like, we know the legal system is bad and, like, we're going to get into that more in this case. But we, we know that from the first case and, like, we know there's this rebellion going on. But because you're, like, only talking to Rafer and, like, getting all the information through her about how everything works. I don't know. It's just, like, an interesting bit of writing where you kind of see everything from her perspective. And even though it's not, like, it's not like you're tricked into believing it or anything. But I just thought it was, I don't know. I, I like Rafer a lot. Yeah. I don't know why she talks to, like, Francisca sometimes i think that's just their like annoyed teenage girl voice you know <laughs> we need something here uh full foolish okay thank you <laughs> yeah just reading this note here this is 4am it's totally more likely than you think just to prove my <laughs> point familiar <laughs> yeah we we go through this investigation uh, you mentioned earlier there's two murders, but like we don't find out about the second one until after the first trial. So like the first one is just yeah. like somebody was killed while doing a rite that Maya was performing in, and like it's only Maya and that guy who were there. So who else could it have been? And it's very like you say, it does leave the mystery open. And there's different ways of doing a mystery right. Like sometimes all the clues are there, you just don't know how to put them together. Whereas in this case, you really can't know what's going on until the very end of the case because like a lot more information is revealed especially after the first day so it's kind of interesting but we get this set up a lot of it revolves around the murdered priest's wife who has like a portrait of her dead husband and like talks through it and will switch out the portrait for like different uh facial <laughs> yeah. expressions which i thought was a really nice touch <laughs> Uh, her name is Believe. You you wrote Believe is such an interesting character, which is a really interesting note to me because she gets more and more interesting as the case goes on. I think so. I'm interested about like what you you found interesting about her at first, and then like how you think that went through the rest of the case. Yeah, exactly what you mentioned. Of like, <laughs> no, it's like the the fine balance that the attorney series used to have before this fucking trilogy, uh, where um, you're seeing something that is tragic, uh, but <laughs> instead with such humor, I think, that you find compelling like a weird way, which is exactly like, yeah, she covering her face with a portrait of her dead husband, like doing his voice and changing like these fucking expressions. And I was like, okay, this is like an interesting character. <laughs> At least on like a first glance watching that, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. We also meet uh, Rafer's dad, whose name I can't remember off the top of my head, but he's the Minister for Justice. And he's straight up just like, I use the Defense Culpability Act, you know, the thing which says that you can't have a lawyer, basically. Uh, I just use that to kill my political enemies. Like, he just straight up says it to Phoenix's <laughs> face, which is pretty, pretty direct. I don't necessarily think it's bad, but, like, they clearly didn't have, like, a lot of room to be subtle about it. 
And then, yeah, the other thing which happens quite a lot in this intro is like, like Phoenix especially, I think that's just because he's our main character, will like very abruptly change the subject so that we can like fit in all the information that we need to fit in because they are like really doing a speed run on like not only what happened in the facts of this murder, but like how the whole kingdom works basically. Hmm. Like not just the legal system, but like this whole political system and like the sort of family dynamics that are involved as well. And like, you know, there's like Rafer characterization you got in there. There's like this stuff with Believe and like, yeah, they're fitting a lot in. And I think mostly it works, but there's sometimes when like, there was one really like egregious one where Maya was like talking really seriously about like, oh, I've got to do this test to become the master of Karain. Like it's going to be this really intensive like spirit channeling and Phoenix is like, cool. So anyway, tell me about this steel samurai <laughs> ripoff that they have here. <laughs> Which we should also we should also do that segue. But like, it's just the way that Phoenix does it. It's like uh, it just feels very abrupt. And I noticed there was quite a few of those. Hmm. Yeah, so anyway, the steel samurai ripoff. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was gonna say like I don't know if it's like delivered in a way of like oh we need to introduce this and make sure that the player knows that this is important. Mm. But yeah, I don't know. We haven't seen Maya in a while. Like fucking let her talk. You know. Yeah. Um, that see, there is literally no way to do this without making the exact same joke, which is <laughs> so the still Samurai ripoff. It's just very funny because, like, I had forgotten how important it was to the actual plot of this, like, mystery, <laughs> but it just starts off with them being like, Hey, so there's a version of the Steel Samurai. Well, sorry, there's just a, a TV show in Korean called The Plumed Punisher, and it sounds exactly like the Steel Samurai. Basically, it has the same theme tune and the same plot and all that kind of stuff. And this turns out to be very important for the mystery in terms of like, oh, people had switched around like keychains and watches and stuff like that, which play the sound so we can prove who was in what place, etc., etc. But um, it's just. <laughs> I, I just think it's fun for the Steel Samurai to be important to Ace Attorney still, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like if you want to do some fan service with this, I like, because it actually mattered. It wasn't just like, oh, what's this? Like a show that is just like the Steel Samurai <laughs> and then nothing ever again. Yeah. Um, That was my uh, investigation, I think. Did you have anything else on that? No. Especially because like the second day of investigation is just meh. <laughs> like, I don't remember anything particular from that. Uh, I don't either. So, <laughs> just a fun little note is that uh, the person whose YouTube video I'm watching had downloaded the DLC that comes with this game where you can put Phoenix in Furio Tigre's outfit from Trials <laughs> and Tribulations. And it threw me off so much. I guess I wasn't paying that much attention. I just looked over at the screen and I was like, Furio Tigre is in this game? I don't remember that at all. And then I was like, oh shit, no, okay. I remember there being a DLC where you could download stuff for it. But it still threw me off like, like I might as well say it now, like, because in the investigations you don't see Phoenix, when we went back into the second trial, it caught me off guard again. And it was just like, <laughs> so unexpected just as a side on that uh, the Fury Tigre outfit for Phoenix is very funny so for the same DLC it's only 99 cents also I think it's completely unavailable after the eShop shut down but mm. you can get Apollo you can put Apollo in Narahodo's outfit from Greatest Attorney and you can put Athena in the maid outfit from Trivian and it's like they could have mm. given her anything else yeah yeah, yeah, I'm seeing that right now. It's just like, why? It's not even like a super like revealing outfit or anything. But one in that case, like it was so like played to be like sexualized. And mm. two, Athena is like one of 
the only female characters in this game. I mean, put her in the Narahodo outfit. That would look really good now that I'm thinking about it. Hmm. Put Phoenix in the main outfit, fucking cowards. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like the only one that makes sense is the Furio Tire one because yeah. it's kind of like, okay, yeah, he was like a copycat. <laughs> the other two is kind of like, I don't know, handpicked and weird. Yeah. I think the funniest thing about the Apollo one is that because Great Ace Attorney wasn't out when this DLC came out, <laughs> they just call it Apollo Schoolboy outfit. <laughs> <laughs> which is not what it is you know it, i mean because they sold it in the west obviously in, in japan it's called like apollo naruhito outfit i assume but in the west it's just called apollo's schoolboy outfit anyway I, I just looked it up because i wanted to know what the how much it cost this person to dress phoenix atmosphere tigre but it only cost 99 cents and they got two extra outfits for it so whatever it's funny to think that the remaster of the, like this trilogy is probably gonna have like these DLCs, right? Uh, great question. I don't know about the dressing up. Hmm. Guess we'll find out. Yeah. So, how did you find this trial? Um. I'm reading the notes, not <laughs> sure about this case, man, and being this horizontal while playing can't be a good sign. <laughs> so. I think that was Friday night. <laughs> Having a wild one. Yeah, I love a Friday night playing Ace Attorney. To be honest, I don't remember much of like the first trial, like at all. I mean, the thing that like keep that kept bothering me is like you know when you're like inevitably getting to a point during a trial where it's like, okay, how about this? Um, <laughs> like the prosecutor is like, oh, you foolish fool! Like you didn't consider like this thing, and the judge is like, oh, but that's yeah, that that's that's a solid scenario, like. Yeah, we should end this trial right now. I'm gonna lift my hammer. And he's like, no, 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 wait. How about this? And that happened like 30 times throughout this case. And it's like, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I'm just exhausted. But it's it's losing like its impact that it had at some yeah. point in the past. Maybe it didn't happen like too frequently because it's like, you're not cornering me. Like, I know I still have like... <laughs> Another trial to go through. Yeah, well, in this one, they go so far as that Phoenix and Maya get found guilty, right? And then right after that, they're like, oh, there was a second murder. So we're going to put Maya on trial for that murder as well. And then through that, we managed to overturn the previous verdict. But like, honestly, that's a very progressive sort of system for the court because you would think... Well, I mean, it's logical, right? But you know how fucking police and courts are in real life. Like, if you get found guilty of that crime, even if in the next trial they find out that you didn't do it, like, you would have to go through a whole lot of paperwork <laughs> yeah. to get that overturned. <laughs> <laughs> At the best, frankly. Yeah, I don't have many notes for this first part. I, I said I straight up don't believe this is doable without a walkthrough. Obviously, I'm watching a video, so, like, I'm just doing it based on when I'm looking at it, but I'm seriously just like, how the fuck were you supposed to know that? <laughs> That's a really good point, actually, that I almost forgot. The Seams? Uh, I'm going for Seams because it has, like, the, the accent. Seams, e. yeah. You got it. Okay, thank you. Like, how? How do you do that without <laughs> a walkthrough? Like, I cannot possibly imagine being, like... <sighs> I don't know, like, we talked about it already, like, how it works, but it's just... So, so convoluted, like needlessly convoluted in this one. And it goes on for so long, too. Like, it's kind of like, yeah, I don't know. And there was like, maybe I get a bit too ahead, but in the second trial, there was one bit of evidence where it's like, did they actually mention what 
what are like the two things you need to like do to perform this in order for like a new player to realize like oh they have like this piece of information but not this one to actually present that one evidence in that specific yeah. like statement it's kind of like why 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 are you all like doing like this so fucking complicated of nowhere yeah i had no idea how like i kept reading the walkthrough and being like wow i'm, I'm sorry for like whoever had to do this if they did it like pre-release ugh, yeah i don't know on the trial, I think the only thing that I wanted to add was that, like, uh, so there's a character who's introduced who we, we eventually find out is called Dats, and um, when he first appears, he has amnesia from, like, falling and hitting his head while he was, like, parachuting, um, and he, like, testifies that he saw Maya do the whole crime, and then it turns out that he was just completely lying. Um, and through that, he, he gets found out as being, like, one of the rebels, and, like, has to, like, run away and gets in a ton of trouble. And it's like, man, shut the fuck up! <laughs> it's shut the fuck up Friday! Stop talking to cops! <laughs> um... And then the only other thing that I have to mention about this trial is that you had written UT, and I had spent this whole fucking trial being like, who the fuck is UT? Why did Diego write that? <laughs> and then I was like, oh, it's UT. It's uh, San Martin, Yahuta San Martin, the prosecutor, who is back for this trial. I didn't mention that. Yeah, it's like, you know, that I think I made this show once. And it doesn't make much sense because I don't write fanfic. But you know that <laughs> <laughs> that image of like Ang from Avatar, like seeing to his side and having like all the like antecedents of like his life uh, show up in like spirit form. And I saw that line and I was like, oh, this is where like somebody who's like really into fanfic or like somebody who writes fanfic was like playing the case and being like, yeah, it's okay. And they saw that and they were like, okay, yeah. And they just like suddenly, I don't know, felt the urge to write or whatever <laughs> maybe i'm wrong like you're the, the one that knows so no i think that makes sense it's interesting having somebody back in general because like one so him and emma have managed, we didn't mention this but emma's back uh him and emma have managed to fly back over from america but phoenix is still hasn't been bothered to go and see trucy <laughs> like i know she's fine but jesus christ and two uh it's kind of like, I know they normally want to have, like, one prosecutor for the whole game. Uh, at least that's how it's been pretty much the whole time. But, I don't know, it's interesting, right? Like, we haven't had much of Sadmati's story yet. Like, we've had some hints. But, like, they clearly needed somebody who could do trials in both the American parts of this game and the Korean parts of this game. And I'm not sure how well it worked, because, like, he clearly does these Korean style trials where there's not any defense attorney but then he's like fine he can hold his own completely when there is a defense attorney so I don't know it's very um I feel like they were kind of written into a corner for a prosecutor in this game yeah it's like I'm, I'm thinking like two things here one being like what you were saying the past episode about him and like how he's like supposedly like an international savvy prosecutor and it doesn't seem that way and phoenix like as soon as he as he meets him and like the the, the first trial starts he does like this remark where he's like oh well like it makes sense that he will behave this way or, like he he will be like so i don't know like savvy in these things when he's like when he has like international experience and whatnot and it's like are you sure <laughs> like it's like you're saying one thing and the game's saying another and the other is kind of like so there are like two main cases left yeah the last one is called Revolution, and, like, I'm sure it's gonna, like, pick up, like, whatever happened. 
at the end of this one. But the one in between, if you're like thinking, okay, it's like one in Ukraine, one in America, one in Ukraine, one in America, one in Ukraine, like the final one. Yeah. But are they gonna like fly back again for it? <laughs> yeah. And I think it goes back to something we've been talking about in other games as well about like the timing or like not the timing, but how much space they have left to play with the ideas that they brought up. Like, mm. I don't remember. I, I know what the next case is, but don't remember whether it brings in anything about the revolution and stuff like that. But like you point out, this case ends like with this kind of stuff is beginning to happen in Korean, which I know is picked up on in turn about revolution in the last case, mostly because of the name. It's like, yeah, okay, we're not gonna be directly dealing with that in the next case. So then that only leaves one case and it's like, mm, we've seen how this can go. Mm. Unless, oh, okay, yeah, I know what they're gonna do. Oh, tell me. It's gonna be a flashback, and they're gonna be like, oh yeah, this is the story, because it's called Storyteller. I'm not just, like, picking that up, but it's just, like, I'm imagining, like, the the flashback case of, like, Edge War and Francisca, you know, when they were younger, something like that. Yeah. But, I mean, Apollo wasn't a lawyer back then, so that no. just disproves well, my whole theory. Born? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Apollo is supposed to be like 25 in this I think and they said it happened 23 years ago so I think mm. yeah it's difficult for Apollo speaking of whomst you want to tell us uh, Apollo's appearance <laughs> speaking of whomst to fuck you <laughs> <laughs> if I wanted to say what that he's like siblings with the prosecutor well I, I just it's, it's a weird appearance to me uh, but I don't want to I don't want to get too ahead of myself, so I'm curious about how this came across for you. It felt forced, like, I don't know. <laughs> we need some backstory here. Um, they chose Ropey in Apollo for some reason. Yeah. I did get the vibe, though, that... You remember that picture that I keep telling you about, like, oh yeah, the babies that we never oh! figured out who they were? Oh my god. Maybe. Was that them. wasn't the picture. No, 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 like, it wasn't the picture, but, but maybe... But there might be another would... one. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Maybe it was them. Yeah, so we'd already been introduced to the idea that like Apollo and Sadmari knew each other. And yeah, like you say, in this one we get a picture of them as kids. It does feel forced. It's very like when they randomly introduce Apollo's best friend who we've never heard of and then he's killed immediately. Mm. Or like he's introduced basically as a guy who's already dead. <laughs> well, good for Apollo. Like he's getting more more things are piling up in his story whether they work or not is another question mm. poor Q. Uh yeah investigation 2 we kind of mentioned that it's we kind of breezed through it there's a very fun I, I quite enjoyed this investigation because of Rafa. There's a really fun part where you go and there's like a new prayer flag and it's actually like a message between the rebels and Phoenix. And because it's written in Karenese, Phoenix is like, hey, Rafa, can you read this for me? And she's like, it is very rude to read prayer flags, but I guess I'll make an exception because of this because it's important. She reads it and then she's like, that's one of the more direct prayers I've ever seen, which like subtly <laughs> implies that she's always fucking reading them, <laughs> which is very funny. <laughs> I don't know. Rafa, like, yeah, like I said, Rafa's writing is really sharp. It's really good. Like in a <laughs> game where like a lot of it, I don't really feel is so good, you know? Speaking of which, like Emma and Sadmati's relationship is like very strange. Like, I guess it's supposed to imply that like, 
Sadmari really respects Emma and like takes her around the world as he travels around the world because, you know, he respects her expertise as a forensic scientist, which I think is fun in the way that we talked about before, where it's like, oh, finally Emma has the thing that she's wanted for like her whole life. It's really nice to see her thriving for sure. But like, I guess it's because we don't really have a good sense of who Sadmari is and like, like right. he just has like a personal cop, but also like, he's not even, like she doesn't even agree with him most of the time. Like she didn't want to convict Maya or Trucy <laughs> because she's friends with both of those people. And like, yeah, it's implied that like she's doing other stuff with him like when we don't see it because we're not directly involved. But I don't know, it's weird. And like, she obviously doesn't really get along with him. Like, I don't know. I think it would have been fun. Obviously it wouldn't really have worked for the game, but it would have been fun for Emma to have a prosecutor like if she was going to be in a close relationship with a prosecutor like this like you know a gumshoe edgeworth type situation for it to be a prosecutor who like she gets along with like it was never like that with Clavia. she wasn't in the game with blackwell and then like sadmari is constantly like oh you're gonna like go to hell or like i'm gonna lecture you about religion for eight hours at a time or whatever the fuck yeah like she's supposed to be in this situation where she's like i finally have what i want but actually it's like but i have to hang out with this guy who i don't really like so yeah i don't know it's a weird one uh phoenix breaks into the rebel hideout and then breaks into a second rebel hideout <laughs> and we do some psyche lock stuff and i'm just back to my number one psyche lock fan situation where i'm like i'm sorry but it is actually the best additional puzzle in this game by so fucking far and i mean with the whole like dance of devotion stuff it's like even more obvious to me because yeah. <laughs> that kind of sucks uh there's some nice conversation with maya i really like how phoenix like talks to maya in this game and like is constantly like oh like maya's like i want to make a I want like pitch a TV show in America, which is like Plume Punisher versus Steel Samurai type <laughs> situation. And like Phoenix brings that up, like whenever she's feeling like nervous about stuff. And he's like, yeah, well, we're going to be fine because you're going to go back to America and you're going to pitch this TV show. And it's just like really endearing because, you know, Phoenix doesn't give a shit about this. <laughs> <laughs> to Steel Samurai and even less about the Plume Punisher. So I don't know. That's really sweet. Um, but that's all I really have for that investigation. Maybe he wants it to happen because he knows that's something that H Water will enjoy. <laughs> Diego, thank you so much. I feel so blessed to have been able to get to this point where you could make suggestions like this. <laughs> Look, if I'm gonna be all gloomy this entire season of the podcast, I have to give something back. Here's the thing, we're about to get into the second trial, and your notes pick up so much by the end of the second trial, so I'm excited to hear about this. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I find it, as I was saying, I had no idea who ha could have been, like, the possible main suspect. Especially because, like, the guy that turned out to be a rebel was, like, the one shady character. Mm. And we didn't get much of the usual, like, evil archetypes during <laughs> the investigations to be like, oh, yeah, this must be the guy. Or, like, the the person so th that that was interesting to see and also like the twist towards the end of like oh like the first wasn't actually a um, murder but a suicide yeah i don't know it's just funny funny that through a spirit channeling you basically have like the high priestess again the high priest again in the stand basically but since maya is doing the channeling it's like this fucking monk like <laughs> dressing as maya and he looks so funny and so like so sudden that it happens and he also embraces it because like he's bald and he's like oh i have like this lush hair now <laughs> even if it's just for a brief moment 
that was funny. And he also has like a lot of cool animations. But it's also like I enjoy that he wasn't like the immediate suspect, you know? Because it could have been so obvious just from like one of one or two of like his animations, like it was leading to that bit, and then it wasn't, so no, I don't know. It wasn't like <laughs> revelatory. I just like enjoy it more than whatever has been happening until this point. Yeah, that's fair. The trial itself was quite back and forth. Like they kept pinning it on different people and then like using that as a springboard to be like, oh, I know it wasn't them, but like that's led us to like a new line of logic type thing, which I do think is interesting. Like you say, it's nice to not really know who to suspect until the end. Um, and it does have that twist. Um, and then it, it like it ends up being pretty tragic um, in a way that mm-hmm. does actually work for me. Like there's been quite a lot of cases where we've been like, yeah, I feel like this was tragic, but like I just didn't really care about anyone involved. <laughs> Whereas in this one, like actually, yeah, like I think mostly it's through the character of Believe. Like she is a good enough character to like make this hit a little bit, in my opinion. Yeah. But I I guess on the other hand, like for me. The way that they were like, this one case is going to show all of the problems with the legal system and like the justice minister and like all this different stuff. It was like, okay, they really had to like pull in so many different threads. And I think it turned out okay. But like, if you tried to get me to like describe exactly what happened in this case, I would like, I got it when they were talking about it, which is not true in all Ace Attorney cases, but I definitely (laughs) couldn't off the dome tell you like the exact, I guess I could. Okay. So there was Believe and the High Priest who were married and they were both rebels and the other guy who got killed who was an acolyte, couldn't tell you what his name was, what he found out about the rebel hideout and Believe was in there and she pushed him and accidentally killed him and then to try and cover it up the High Priest wanted to pin the death on Maya to defend his wife basically and so he committed suicide in a way where it looked like it was Maya who killed him because he knew that there would be like this whole seance type situation. I guess that's the summary. Did I miss yeah. anything obvious? No. There you go. It wasn't too bad. Um, and this leads obviously Rafer to be like, uh, you were going to do what with the seance? And like realize that things can be very manipulated like directly through her, not only just through the legal system in general. And sort of takes it believably badly. Like I feel like Rafer is like almost in the position of a prosecutor in this game where like they all sort of have a change of heart halfway through the game and like Rafer is kind of playing that archetype right now which is very interesting to me hmm. because to be honest Sadmani doesn't really react to this very dramatically no <laughs> he has his own little breakdown animation where he like breaks his prayer beads that he's been holding the whole time but he doesn't really if he like says anything about like oh maybe the system is bad like the other prosecutors tend to then uh I didn't remember seeing it yeah and it was also like the second time we saw that animation. So it was kind of like... Oh, was it? I missed it the first time, I guess. Yeah. I guess it just, it's like the one animation of, oh, I lost the trial. Basically. Yeah. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, I guess it would have been in the last one. They should have really put it in this one, I am mm-hmm. <laughs> That's kind of frustrating when you like explain the case that well, in like such a succinct way. <laughs> uh, and the game does not. And it's kind of like, oh, I really had to go through all of that to get to like this interesting bit <laughs> right at the end. Yeah, I don't know. I agree with you. Like, I just think the case could have been shorter. But I also kind of, well, no, I think they could have just cut out some of the back and forth, which, you know, we say about quite a lot of the trials. But yeah, and then the sort of ending after the ending. Uh, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so, you know, this I didn't understand, like, his wife is just like, you know, free. Uh, 
that's true. I didn't even think about that. I think I think what happens is that she's like going to be arrested, and then the rebels cause mm. a sort of distraction, and she manages to escape. Is what I think happened. But you're right; it's not very clear. Yeah. So it's basically like the post, like the usual post trial scene. They like it's uh, Rafe on one end, and like me. I almost say Maya. Uh, Maya talking <laughs> about like, oh yeah, like it's not all that bad because like Rafe is basically like, yeah. Everything I've been doing so far has been, like, not up to the standard I thought I believed in. Or, like, I thought I believed it was. Yeah. Mine's like, okay, but, you know, like, you're the only person that can, like, add that type of testimony of, like, summoning the death and, like, seeing, like, the last few seconds before they were killed and blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, there's, like, this huge explosion. I think first it's, like, I don't know who shows up, who shows up first. But, like, yeah, the, the one scene that I was, like, oh, this ending, like, what the fuck is going on? It's, like, his wife, like, is talking about it. Uh, and she's basically saying, like, oh, yeah, we're gonna make sure that, you know, this doesn't happen again and that we overturn this. And she uses her thumb to, like, grab a bit of, like, <laughs> lipstick and, like, does, like, the, the rebel symbol on her forehead. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. That was a cool animation for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, like, the leader of the rebels shows up for, like, a brief second. And then one rebel that we met, like, during the case is basically like, oh, yeah, we're gonna fuck shit up, basically. <laughs> that's, that's and I was like, okay. <laughs> and I was like, okay, this is cool. And I thought it was just gonna, like, get cut off then. And then Maya shows up and has, like, a brief funny moment. And it's kind of like, <sighs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> which is not saying that I didn't like it but again it could have hit a lot harder if like presented differently yeah I don't think it matters too much because it's the end of the case like we're not going straight into the same kind of drama right afterwards anyway without giving any spoilers about the next case but oh. yeah it's uh I don't know it's an asymptotic thing they try and balance the drama and the humour they don't always hit you know hmm. but yeah I think I think overall we we came out pretty pretty positive on this case. It seems like it's picking up, <laughs> and I emphasize it seems as it's picking up. We'll see what happens in like the next case, and also the final case according to the walkthrough. It's so long; it's like super long. So I do believe the final case is long. The next case is not long. In structure, it isn't. I don't know how long it is. I think on the YouTube video it's only like three to four hours, so that's good. Okay. Uh, great. Well, thank you so much for listening. Um, you can find me on Twitter. I haven't tweeted much lately because that place is good. It's very kind of slow, but you can find me there, JF Costello. Uh, you can find the show there as well. Turn about nope. Uh, Breakdown AA. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter on Blue Sky. Not on threads, not on co-host. I haven't opened co-host in months. Uh, Facebook, I guess, Instagram, but I won't accept the, uh, the invite <laughs> probably. So yeah, that's it. Just keep listening to the episode. Yeah, you can find us here and nowhere else. <laughs> I was thinking, I don't have a plan for this one. Oh shit. At all. Why don't you tell me one? You have 10 seconds. No. <laughs> Ha 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 